My name is Susan Smith. I'm a licensed UNE teacher. I serve in leadership here, and it is my privilege to be filling in today for Reverend Nita. Reverend Nita is at Unity Village, and let's all send our warm thoughts. Uh, so anyway, we're glad that Nita is out doing good work, and I'm glad you all are here. And isn't it beautiful today? Oh, my gosh. Just a couple weeks ago, there was snow on the ground. Okay, so as always today, we're going to start with our affirmation. So go ahead, Ernie, go ahead and go to that. So our affirmation, this is just a time for us as a community to come together and just to recognize and acknowledge who we are. And there's so much power and strength in doing that together. And, you know, we can just take those songs. These are the hands. These hands, your hands, my hands. We are the expression of God. That's what we say, that's what we believe, and that's what we practice in unity. And when we say this affirmation, it's a chance for us to embody it. Saying these words don't make these words true. Saying these words is a way for us to just remind ourselves consciously as we live a human experience based on material changing things. That In truth, we are absolute beings. So if it is comfortable for you, I sure hope you'll say this with me. And I'm going to encourage you just to kind of feel that. These are the hands of God. Reminder that feeling for a moment. Feel the peace. Feel the security. Feel the strength coming from our community. And let's say these words together. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. Amen to that. Pretty important work. So thank you for being here. So today, and Ernie, I'm just going to let you know, I've got a lot of slides, and I'll just, I'll go ahead and just do do this, because I got a little fancy with them. Ernie, I got fancy. I got zealous. So today our talk is about zeal. And Nita has been starting a little series about what she's calling unity practices. And one of the, one of my favorite practices I use in unity is to use what we call our 12 powers or 12 abilities. Now Charles Fillmore, co-founder of unity, identified what he called 12 powers. And today you might hear them called faculties or abilities. Those might be more common terms. You get to decide whatever you want to call them. But what they are, they're innate. They're abilities which each of us have, which each of us use. And it's a tool, it's a practice when we use it at a higher level of consciousness. So it means when we bring it to a higher level of awareness. I have zeal. I have the power of zeal to be my own cheerleader. So that's what I'm going to talk about, being your own cheerleader. This is a a, a faculty within you. I'm going to talk first about what it means, what is the power of zeal a little bit, uh, why it's so important, and then I'm going to focus most of my attention on how we can use this. How is it a practice? And it's kind of a natural one for me. This really is based off of my SDS exam, which is Skills Demonstration Seminar exam. I did just about a year ago at Unity Village, and I just thought it would be fun to share it with you. And I have to say, my fellow students thought zeal was a good one for me to get. (laughs) And I tend to agree. All right. So this is a quote from Charles Fillmore. So the general definition, the short definition of zeal is is the urge to progress 
is our motivation to achieve. So zeal is that, that motivator, that get up and go, that enthusiasm, that energy. That's what zeal is for us. And I think this quote I really want to break down a little bit because I think it really describes it well. This is again by Charles Fillmore in his book, 12 Powers. He says, zeal is the mighty force that incites the winds, the tides, the storms. It urges the planet, should have brought my glasses. It urges the planets on its course and spurs the ant to great exertion. Now, you know, I know what's funny about this quote is for me, I really, I pay attention to the ant. Has anyone ever had problems with ants in your home? Anyone? Yeah. Well, they are, they have exertion, don't they? They are very motivated. If you've ever had ants get into your house, they will, if you leave a crumb, you eradicate them. If there is a crumb somewhere, they are amazing at finding it. You know, ants are really motivational in that way. They are very, like, wow, if we were all just like ants, if we were this motivated and urged to do what is ours to do, like the ants. Because I tell you, they can get in your house. And they're always sending somebody out looking. You don't know it, but they do. I mean, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm going to confess something. I didn't think I was going to say this, but I actually got so I put dirty dishes in the refrigerator. All right, I know that's crazy, but I just didn't feel like cleaning them or doing anything. But I knew if I left them out, those ants would find it. So they really do have the urge. I actually did a little study. This is my whole uh, zeal thing. So ants can lift 10 to 15 times their body weight. Actually, there are estimates much more. And if you ever want to fall down a wormhole in Google, ask, uh, try to find out about the strength of ants. There are all these interesting studies and there's things they do to these poor little ants to find out their strength. And okay, I digress. But it's just so they can, and then they're and they're really fast. They move. So imagine this: 800 times their body length in a minute, they can move. 800 times their body length. So think of that. You were a human. I'm five feet. You know, that's just crazy. That's a lot of a lot of feet. So 328 yards a minute. So ants have a lot of urge they have a lot of motivation they they're they're built for it and they use it those ants know how what they're doing okay and i'm glad they're out there because they're doing important stuff i just don't want them doing it in my house okay to be without zeal is to be out without the zest of living that sounds pretty important and here i want to challenge you i want each of you to say the word zest for me zest Try now. I'm going to say on three. I'm going to tell you to say the word zest and try not to smile. One, two, three. Zest. You can't do it, can you? You can't. It's really hard. I tried. I assure you. Zest. I mean, just saying the word fills us with enthusiasm and energy. Zest. So that's a great word. Uh, zeal and enthusiasm incite to glorious achievement in every aim and ideal that the mind conceives glorious achievement and we know that when we talk about the infinite possibilities available for us we're talking about ideas divine ideas that come through us that that is what is ours to do in order to be the hands and feet of that which we call God so man glorious achievement zeal is the impulse to go forward the urge behind all things 
Zeal is the thing that, you know, this is, this is, this is what keeps us, gets us off the couch. This is what brought you here today. This is so important. This is keeps us from just being that couch potato sitting and just letting the status quo and saying, no, I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be joining in in a community and see what I can find out. Zeal is pretty darn important. What do you guys think? That zest for life. I actually like that zest word so much I came up with a little uh, a little saying. It's best to have zest as we go about doing what is ours to do. I like it. All right. So, what? How do we use zeal? So, Paul Hasselbeck is one, uh, Reverend Paul Hasselbeck. He's one of our teachers. He taught some of my leader a uh, leadership class for me when I was at the Village. He read, wrote the Practical Metaphysics book, or not the Practical Metaphysics. Um, what's the name of that book, John? Metaphysics. Heartfelt Metaphysics. Okay, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. It's like, why is she asking me? Heartfelt Metaphysics. He's just one of our greatest teachers that we have right now. And he wrote a book called Power Up about the 12 powers. And his whole thing was he talks about that you can use your powers. We use them anyway. So he suggests that what we want to do is we want to use it from an elevated consciousness. And what that means is that we want to use our the zeal, his definition, and we want to be enthusiastic, passionate, inspirational, and motivational based on ideas, truth, principles, and laws that are divine in nature. So we want to use it from our highest nature, just like we were talking about with our affirmation. He also talks about the fact that you need to have your zeal tempered with wisdom. Now, wisdom is another one of our faculties or abilities, and wisdom is our ability to discern. To decide what course of action. Uh, you know, there's a saying, and I'm not going to be able to think of who says this right now, but there's a saying that I think so often when I think about wisdom is that I know what to do when I need to do it. You know, I always know what I need to do, when I need to do it, and how I need to do it. That's your power of wisdom. And that is one of your innate abilities as well. And we do that by connecting inside, taking that time of prayer and meditation. Uh, coming in together in community, uh, studying and working on our principles and practices. So we want to temper it with wisdom. Because what his teaching is, is that there's, uh, for all the powers, what we'll talk about zeal, there's underdeveloped zeal, overdeveloped zeal, and then there's using it from our elevated consciousness, which is what we're going to talk about today as far as being the practice we're trying to do. I'm not going to talk too much about overdeveloped zeal, but you do want to be aware of where you're placing your zeal. Where are you putting your enthusiasm? Where are you putting it? Overdeveloped zeal might show up as like you're so excited about something, you put all your energy into it, and then you burn yourself out. Actually, overdeveloped zeal is something I kind of recognize. Overdeveloped zeal also might show up as a person who kind of takes over, takes control. It has to be kind of their way. That might show up too. I can kind of recognize that as well. Overdeveloped zeal, in my opinion, can also show because of where we place our zeal. So we could be really enthused. We could be really motivated. We could be really excited about things that are really outside of our sphere of control or our sphere of influence. You know, you might, an example of this that I thought was so great, ever, anyone ever see the movie Fever Pitch? 
It's with Drew Barrymore and the other are Jimmy Fallon. And in this movie, I'll just give a break. It's, it, it's a great example of overdeveloped zeal. And it's a romantic comedy, and the two characters get together, and they have a great relationship until it's time, spring comes. And he's a huge Red Fox Sox fan. And what happens is he's just, he's just a nut about the Red Sox, really excessively so, to the point that it hurts his relationship. Because he's spoken his zeal, his enthusiasm, his energy, his urge to progress is all based on how well this team does. Instead of based on his relationship with this woman that he had fallen in love with and the possibilities of the future they could have. There's nothing wrong with being excited and enthusiastic about a team. That's fun, right? It's a way we build community. Team, or I used to love soap operas. But reflecting on it, frankly, I, th- I was a little overly we would talk about the characters. Why did they have him do this? Why did Kayla do that? You know, why did Steve do such and such? You know, why is Eric in such trouble again? Why are all her ex-husbands at her wedding? You know, um, <laughs> uh, which is always true. Uh, and it's fine. We're, we're here to enjoy life. No one's going to tell you that's wrong. It's just think about... The balance of our zeal and our enthusiasm should really be in the sphere of influence. There's something for us to do. Not so much in reaction, but in response. What is mine to do? So that's just a little awareness point I'm going to say about having over, um, what does he call it again? I always, an overdeveloped zeal as a person who is working on that. And then the other thing he tells us is turn a portion of your zeal to do God's will to the establishing of his kingdom within you. Okay, so we want to do, we want to turn zeal into knowing that, that, so going back to that wisdom, what is mine to do? You know, we in unity teach that each and every one of us is the hands and feet of that which we call God. And that means everyone we meet is the same. How do we show up in our relationships? What is mine to do today? What is mine to learn? What is my urge to progress? What is that? And we learn that by taking investing time in silence, in meditation and prayer, and opening ourselves up. That is going to move us into a little time of prayer and meditation. And if it's, if it's comfortable for you, I'm going to encourage you just to close your eyes. I'm going to do a, just a, a short little reading. And then after this, um, I'll go ahead and do it, Ernie. You can just relax. I will... Um, We'll just listen to a song and just allow this to take you into that center place. The glorious truth of you is that you are a very special person and you always have something special working within you, flowing through you. The whole universe is on your side. Life is forever biased on the side of healing, on the side of overcoming, on the side of success. When you get yourself centered in the universal flow, you become synchronized with this divine bias for good. Amazing things can and will unfold. Some will call them miracles, but you will accept them as the perfectly natural function of the divine process. So we're going to bring ourselves to center, invest in a breath and just relax into it. And this is a moment as we bring ourselves centered, we're synchronizing ourselves with the divine bias for good. And allow yourself to just sink into that thought, 
sink into that moment and we'll allow this song to lead us through that. Just gently start bringing our attention back to the room. If you you want to touch your hand on your heart, go ahead and just remember how it feels to just recognize the peace that is the truth of you, your center. And anytime during the day, you can just put your hand and just remember this moment. 
surrounded by friends in a safe place with people all just like you trying to recognize and doing our best to know the truth of who each of us is. And we'll go ahead and just gently bring our attention back to the room. Go ahead and open your eyes. All right. Uh, The reading I I did, the reading was from uh, Eric Butterworth, Reverend Reverend Eric Butterworth, just in case you were wondering. I just always like his universe is on your side stuff because it's like being a cheerleader. And I forgot to mention, so being your own cheerleader, activating your power of zeal, using this practice, the reason we want to do this is we want to have that home team advantage, Right. Are you guys familiar of the home team advantage? Some of you are sports fans, maybe you've heard it. So it's very, it's another interesting thing to in study if you go on the internet. So a home team advantage basically means, and it, there's different types for each, each kind of different, um, different sport, but basically it means that the team that hosts, hosts the other team has an advantage. They're gonna probably make more points. And actually, I went on this one betting website. I'm not recommending you go on a betting website. But it was very interesting because literally he had all these stats and all these reasons. And, you know, basically he's saying football, it's about a field goal. It's about a field goal on average that the home team is going to have an advantage over the other. And there's all sorts of reasons for it, all sorts of science. And the one thing they can't measure is that team the, the, you know, the, the, the crowds cheering you on, right? The people telling you can do it. The people giving you that enthusiasm, telling you, motivating you. The energy in that room. You can't really measure that, right? That's not really a science. At least, maybe someday. I mean, we're getting all sorts of measurements now. But I, I don't think that's something that's is easy to measure. But to me, that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about the power of zeal. We can motivate ourselves because that is innately who we are. We can be our own cheerleaders. And when you do that, you're giving yourself the home team advantage wherever you are. All right. So that's what I'm talking about. This week, it was really interesting because I had decided to do this topic a while ago. And any of you have ever taught spiritual practices or taught anything probably, uh, you always get practice. It doesn't matter what you do. I'll never forget that class, the 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 talk I did about being prepared, you know, and how everything happens. And then not, that was just the craziest talk I've ever gotten. Talk about everything going haywire. Never given it again. I assure you. <laughs> lots of practice. Lots of practice. So I'm usually really very, I, I usually have a lot of zeal. That is really my personality. Looking at zeal for me often is just an overabundance of zeal sometimes. is something I, but this week I had issues. I actually really didn't want to be at work this week. I was really busy. I think it's because I have a lot of other things, personal stuff going on. And I just, ugh, work. And I, and I do better when I'm a little busier, when there's requests. And if you're not familiar, I work in a textbook warehouse for Tucson Unified School District. And I'm very independent. I used to have a supervisor who was interested in what I did. She's here today. <laughs> but my current supervisor, and I don't mean to speak ill of him, he just is not really that interested. That's just the honest truth. He's perfectly lovely and helps me in many ways. But I could, I pretty much determine my own motivator. I have to be my own cheerleader. I have to give myself the urge to move and do in my job. I just didn't have it this week. 
So I'm like, oh, you know, part of it is I just moved a couple weeks ago, and I'm getting ready to sell my house, and I've got a lot going on here, and it's all good stuff, but it's a lot. So I got to work, and I found my little purse. And I have this little purse I started using, and I wear it. And it's just this little purse. Darlene, it's actually one that you made that I, I got from you. And it, I keep my cell phone in it so it doesn't fall in the toilet. Yeah, that's happened. I have my markers because I have to mark boxes. I have my pen. I have my highlighter because sometimes I need it for papers. I have my blade. Oh, so important. You know, you don't want to have that in the back pocket inappropriately. So I, everything's there, and it helps me so much. And I tell you, that just boosted me right up because I hadn't found it in a week. And I know that's kind of kooky, but it reminded me that we have also have spiritual tools to help us. So that was helpful, as and, and that was just part of my environment, how I was showing up. So what are some of those tools? So I'm going to tell you you can create an environment, an environment that's exciting, that is enthusiastic, and it motivates you, and it gives you that urge to move forward. Of course, you have to do it according to your own environment. So what are some things you can do? You can, first of all, what motivates you? I'm not sure. You know, maybe horses. Maybe some pictures of some horses. I don't know. Uh, use some pictures, music, objects, things that kind of just, just remind you of why you're there. What are you doing? Those are all good suggestions. Okay, here's a picture of my desk at work. And I just did an example. So I have, here's my little peep. And that reminds me of my peeps. You all are part of that, by the way. I have a little sign behind there. See those kids? I, so I work in a distribution warehouse, and I send out free materials. And this was free materials I sent to a teacher who uh, used it with kids who were refugees. And that just made me really happy. And she sent me a thank you note, and the kids are just so happy using those little blocks. So that's motivating. It reminds me why I'm doing it. Because that's an important thing to remember. There's my dog, TK. He, I called him the master of zeal. He was amazing. My favorite quote, I'll just let you think on it. Don't let statistics do a number on you. I'm not going to say any more. A little sign from my coworkers when it was my 55th birthday to remind me, even if they do drive me crazy sometimes, they love me just like I love them. And a little uh, inspirational quote. So that's just so you can create your environment. And you can only create what you've got control of, right? Now, right next to me, you'll see up here, you'll see a sign with Snoopy, my favorite, for the the days of the week, Monday through Friday. Monday, he's just depressed. And Friday, he's happy. And I don't believe in that way of thinking. But I can't do anything about that, right? So I just, I get to control my environment. Speaking of controlling my environment, when I worked for Sears Call Center, it was a difficult place to work. And I'll say, I liked helping people, but just because of the way they did business, um, I just didn't think it was always ethical, and it was hard to help people. You know, it, people say, did you do everything you can for me? You know, is everything resolved? I just always say, I've done everything I can. And that's all I could say. I didn't know when I ended up a call with someone if their problems were resolved. It, it's just corporate stuff. But I literally, I would, t I took signs like this, you know, inspirational quotes, uh, inspirational pictures, things I wanted to focus on, and I had a bunch of these, and I put them on foam boards. I didn't have a desk there. You had, you went to different workstations of these big, giant blue walls. Really uninsp uninspired. Talk about a lack of motivation in this environment. The blinds were down. These blue walls. It was. You, you could hear other people talk. It was not. It was not easy. 
I learned a lot. I practiced a lot of spiritual tools there. But I had this. I had foam boards. I had two of them. And I just took them in and out every day. I brought them with me. Because I knew how important it was to create that environment. Okay. Music. Music. Some of you might be familiar with this song. I learned this song when I was at Unity Village. And they were talking about zeal. And I liked it so much. And then one of my, my friends who drove had to drive home. And it was raining. And she said, all the way home, I just sang this song to myself. I had to be on the forklift a couple weeks ago. And some of you are familiar. That's not the most comfortable thing for me. I do it more often now, but I still rather not, frankly. So I was singing this little song to myself to motivate myself, to give myself the urge to proceed, to do it. And I'm going to sing it for you. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. You can sing it if you know it. I'm alive, awake, enthusiastic. I'm awake, alert, alive. Alive, awake, alert. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. I want to say, let's all do it one time. If you want to do it with me. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. I'm awake, alert, alive. Alive, awake, alert. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Good job, you guys. I'm impressed. And it's really a good little ditty to just kind of get in your head. It's also driving out those negative thoughts, right? It's just because, okay, I'm focusing here. This is what I'm doing. Somehow I agreed to do this. Somehow I agreed to get on this forklift. You know, so I, it's part of my job. And I'm doing it. I'm so proud of myself. Okay, so what's else? Just add some fun. Fun is a good thing. My dad was a master of this. Well, what my dad did, would do is he would make it a, a make games of things. And I remember every time after Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner, we'd all be sitting there, my two sisters and myself. My mom would work so hard. She'd make these wonderful, wonderful meals for us. I mean, just delightful. And we were so full. And we overindulged. And then there were the dishes. My mom was a wonderful cook. And she was not a big believer in cleaning up as you go, <laughs> which is fine. But we did not like cleaning up. We would whine, complain. And here my dad, who, you know, went through a lot of difficulties. Now as an adult, I understand. I mean, this was a man who lived through the Great Depression, who really saw a change, some drastic change in his family's fortunes, who worked and sacrificed for his family. So we would have all this goodness and bounty. And he didn't say, oh, why aren't you so ungrateful? What he did is he said, well, I bet I can do these dishes in five minutes. Well, we would take him on. Oh, yeah, Dad, let's see it. So my dad would get up, and he'd run around, and he'd take the dishes, and, he, and he'd have the dog wobbly help him, and he'd start putting the dishes on the floor, and the dog would start licking the blades, and he would just, and it was just, it was just crazy. And after five minutes, we always said he won the game, and of course we went and finished up. But he made it fun. We laughed. Where can you make it a challenge? If you're doing dishes, okay, those bubbles can make it fun. Where can you challenge? Add some fun to it. Make it a game. We also engage in silliness. My friend Henry and I, we have a little fun with this guy, Mr. Potato Head. And we'll, we'll play with him. Right now he's going down the side. And yes, he has fallen and he's, he's had some, he's had some troubles. So, so that's just something to kind of make us smile in our day. And then just humor. That's always good. And then finally, give yourself a cheer. When I was a kid, there was this book called Go, Dog, Go. I think it's still out there. Anybody remember that book? Go, Dog, Go. And I love that.
that book. And it's just a book of dogs and cars and different vehicles going, and then they all end up someplace. And I think what it was, it was so positive. It was so motivational. Those dogs, and we were telling them to go, dog, go. And so you can do this for yourself. All right, now you're sitting at your desk, and you finished a big report, or you did something really important, or you just finished cooking dinner, and you have those ungrateful kids sitting there just complaining about cleaning up. You can give yourself a cheer. Yay for me. I did it. Go, Susie, go. I always go to a childhood name. Not sure why. And by the way, there's always the bathroom. So you can always go to the bathroom and do this if you think other people might think you're a little kooky. Okay? I do a lot of cheering in the bathroom. And yes, I actually cheer myself along as I do what I need to do in there. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's a good thing to be able to do what we need to do. It really is. Think about not being able to. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say any more about that. <laughs> Just between you and everyone else listening. Okay. So sometimes we feel really listless, right? Sometimes we just have to do something that we do not want to do. We're coming up against emotional boundaries, maybe something that happened us in the past. And this is really something that I faced this week. And I, and I know that this kind of under... And I did just fine at work, uh, you know. Uh, but I, what I realized was that I sometimes... At work, I have to sometimes have to remind myself why I'm there, right? What am I doing this for? When I was at Sears Child Center and that was so hard... I just would remind myself, I have an apartment I love. I have a car I love. This was, the, this was what I could find at this time. I'm learning things. I'm practicing. I'm growing. I'm helping people the best way I can. I kept, but why am I there? Where was my yes? And you might say, well, I don't know. Did I really agree to this? But if you're taking some form of action, the action is response to a commitment that you made. Now, the circumstances you might not have agreed to. You might not have agreed to a diagnosis. You might not have agreed to a relationship issue. You might not have agreed to something happening to your home or your finances changing in an unexpected way. But how you respond to it, you're going to agree, you're agreeing to that. You've made a commitment. You said, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to respond. So it, it might be going to treatment. Who here likes to go to the dentist? Right? I'm sorry, Carlos isn't here. I don't know if he listens in. I don't know if any of you are a dentist, but sometimes we don't like to come see you. You know, but we go, right, because we made a commitment to our health. Or some of us go. Some of us don't. But, you know, but it's a commitment to our health. I see it as going to the spa. I go to see to the dental spa. I've told my dentist, dental hygienist, she thinks it's hysterical. I'm like, why can't we just see it as a spa? It's a spa for our teeth. All right, with that, I think if they could get rid of the drilling and stuff and being in your mouth, but I don't know. She says there are places like that in Los Angeles. I, think. I have to put that on my wish list. But in all seriousness, there's some yes. If you're a prisoner, you've said, yes, I'm going to keep living. Yes, I'm going to live through this. If you've been unjustly treated, I'm saying, yes, I'm going to live through this. Where is that yes? And from that, where is your commitment to move forward? So I had uh, this week a difficult time because I'm, I'm getting ready to sell the house that I inherited from my mother. I just moved out a couple weeks ago. That was emotional. And I realized that there was just, I met with the real estate agent and I just looked around the house and there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in this house. And 
it was it was just very painful to me to really feel I felt some guilt and shame that I hadn't taken care of this house as much as I wish I had. And it just isn't it's not for me. It's okay. I know it's all right. And I know my mom wouldn't be upset with me. Intellectually, I know all of this. But something was rising in my consciousness that was in my subconsciousness. And now I can deal with it. So part of that is for me to deal with the emotions around it. So sometimes we just have to deal, okay, what do we have to let go of? I have to let go of some of that. And that's a process. And I'm releasing and I'm working on it. And 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 I'll just keep working on that. But the other part to do is to commit myself to my yes and my intention. So what, I, so what I've done is I've set the intention to sell this house. So I can do it listlessly. I could do it feeling guilty. I could do it think, what was I thinking? Am I making the right choice? You know, no, I've already, I've already gone from my wisdom. I've already discerned this is the right thing. So I've already done all of that. So I need to recommit myself to that intention. That is, that's how we move forward and we, we have the urge to proceed. And I'll share that intention with you in a minute. And then if for some reason I just, as I talk about this, you might think, well, what is my yes here? You might be some, thinking something in your life. And this is not, there's a lot more to go on. I'm not telling you to quit anything. When I worked for Sears Call Center, there was a point where that became a bit too much for me. But I didn't just quit. I changed some of those obligations I had in my life. I reduced my expenses. Then I looked for a job. I found something else, and I laughed. So there's a lot of decisions involved in here. So if you find yourself that dissonance, what is it? It's good to ask yourself. So as far as my house, I set an intention statement, and I'm just going to read it to you if I can find it. Okay. So this is what I've said and what I'm going to do every time now to keep myself urged to progress, to keep myself motivated and passionate and excited about this. Instead of stuck in some old subconscious way of thinking, I'm going to remind myself and say this intention to myself, read it every time I deal with this house. And I know this doesn't seem like a big problem to most people. It's such a blessing, right? I totally recognize that. A blessing of having this wonderful investment in my hands. It's such a blessing. I totally, first of all, I totally recognize that. I'm so grateful. But how do I proceed with zest and enthusiasm? This is my intention. I will have ease and grace in the process of selling my house, and the sale will result in the best possible outcome for all parties. That's my, that's my intention. That's my yes, and I'll move forward. And I, and, and I keep Checking in with my, my wisdom and know that I have all the knowledge I need. Charles Fillmore knew a thing or two about setting an intention. And this is, it's a little hard to see. Maybe, can you turn off the lights for just a sec, Ernie? Um, so this is something he wrote when he was 93 years old. Co-founder Charles Fillmore of, of Unity. And he said, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm springing forth with a mighty faith to do things that ought to be done by me. 93 years old. A man who was born before the Civil War in, in the frontier. who had a very serious injury when he was a young man. 93 years old. He knew a thing or two about zeal. And I don't, I don't doubt that when he wrote that down, it wasn't to remind himself, to set that intention. What is my yes? He kept working. He kept, he, this was important to him. 
Each and every one of us has work to do, which is important to us, which is important to the world. It could be how you show up at the grocery store and you smile at the clerk. It could be a kind word that you say to a neighbor. It could be a creation, an artistic something that you do that other, that's just going to inspire other people. It could be sitting in quiet meditation and silence. There's so many things. But it's our zeal, our enthusiasm, our urge to progress. It is so important. So this week, I want you to remember that you can temper your zeal with wisdom. If you're feeling that zeal is kind of out of control, maybe placed in the wrong place, your wisdom will tell you that. Is it coming from more of a place of human personality? Is it coming from a place of spirit and truth? Then remember the tools to, to activate, to motivate yourself. Remember that you can be your own cheerleader. You can set up that environment. You can have a little fun with it. And then also remember your yes. Why are you doing this? And recommit to it. What is this? Why am I here? Not so much why did this happen to me. Why am I responding the way I am? What is this? So I encourage you all to do that. Set those intention statements if that's where you need to do. Or go into some discernment process. And I know Reverend Nidic would be happy to help you with that. We have prayer services here. We have classes. We're here to help each other grow because that's what we're here to do. So this week I encourage you to practice. Be your own cheerleader. Let's say zeal again. Zeal. Zeal. All right. You have to smile, right? So zeal. I want to, by activating your power of zeal and being your own cheerleader, you are giving yourself the home team advantage and are excited to move forward on the path to glorious achievement. Thank you very much.